it whenever you're listening to this and you know what that means it's time for the wrestle wolf aew weekly podcast i'm one of your hosts dr damien gibson and joining me as always is the man that when he speaks listen it's uh, i was about to call you so matthew kayfabe there for a second it's paulie t <laughs> i can't not get through an intro without fucking it up how you doing uh, man i'm doing well i'm yet to be knighted but um no, yeah, uh, I, I feel like it's been it not. Uh, we know it's been two weeks, but it feels like it's been three months since we've talked. There's been so much has happened. Yeah, so much AW stuff <clears throat> and Ring of Honor stuff. Uh, apologies for not being for not checking in with you guys last week. I took a, well, I took a mental health day. That's uh, that's uh, that's it. That's it. You, you don't need to know anymore. Okay, that's fine. I'm fine. Everyone's fine. I just took a mental health day. Um. What helps with my mental health is writing lists. And we have a list of corrections. There's only two from the last time we spoke to our audience. One is Tony Storm is from New Zealand. I said that, like, and I was really dismissive of you as well. I'm sorry, man. I was like, no, she's from Australia. She is from New Zealand, but she moved here when she was four. So she was born in New Zealand and they moved to the Gold Coast when she was four years old. So we were both right. Well, in that case, I'm, I'd be very surprised if she does indeed have much of a New Zealand accent like I thought she did. Considering. No, it's definitely, she's definitely, she's like, she hasn't done a lot of promo work, but it's Bogan, it's Bogan Aussie. Maybe not quite as bad as um, the inspiration, but but it's up there. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, that explains Rhett, that one. Rhett, I was calling one of the Ring of Honor uh, <laughs> wrestlers Rhett. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I could not think of his surname, is Rhett Titus. So I apologise to Rhett Titus and his uh, family, friends, uh, for uh, being so disrespectful to one of our Ring of Honor brethren. How very Vince McMahon of you to drop one big part of their name all of a sudden. Yeah, it's my new gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> was it you or uh, Matt that was showing me Pete Dunn's scrappy do gimmick this way i think it might have been matt actually because mm. he's the only one left out of the three of us who's watching any wwe um so supposedly he watches raw on uh triple speed <laughs> so why why wouldn't it be easier just to watch they put all the they put every if you want to watch WWE stuff but not watch it, go to their YouTube channel because they cut everything up into like three-minute segments. So if there's anything that's made news that you want to watch, you just watch it there. Anyway, um, we've got some news, but it's all kind of a little bit old. Tony went crazy about WWE bots uh, two weeks ago, which um, if you follow any kind of geopolitical news or any American news, then the idea of people using Russian Russian bot farms or bot farms full stop to get their point across is not that stupid. Um, I wouldn't put it past Vince to to have you know to do that, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Even if you did have uh, like Tony's got evidence supposedly and all that kind of thing, but. I would just mm. shut up, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Look, th- this, that's what I thought. Uh, this just seems a bit sooky. And um, his his so called evidence was, um, well, in one of the in one of the little rants was that um, he saw that these accounts 
these Twitter accounts, like 80% or more of their activity was just retweets. And he was like, who would do that? And I'm thinking, yeah, um, me and most yeah, of my friends. <laughs> me. That's pretty much all I do. I'm a signal booster for anything to do with the Australian Labor Party. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, I think any one of us who's followed wrestling on one hand would be like, yeah, that absolutely sounds like something Vince would do. But on the other hand, it's like, Tony, you're better than worrying about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Focus on your job. Is it is it putting you out of business? No. Is it stopping you from growing? No. So, you know, I, I think AEW, um, like it's fun as a fan to have that back and forth between WWE and AEW, but I am genuinely at a point now where there's so much stuff going on wrestling that I genuinely love and we'll talk about it. I mean, this weekend was a per- perfect example of what we're talking about. I don't. I, I don't have the bandwidth to think about them anymore. I watched the first half of, of WrestleMania and it was literally like seeing an ex and not feeling anything. I was like, eh, yeah, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just yeah, didn't, like I had just moved on. And I, I think worrying about what they're doing, it's, you know, Matt is usually pretty reasonable about this when he talks about it, uh, when he does show up on a pod from time to time. He'll say that like WWE aren't even in the wrestling business anymore, mm. and and it's like, you know, ever since they changed their name, they've basically been saying that outright. Is that we're not we're in the entertainment business, we're not in the wrestling business, and that's fine. And for the rest of us who want to watch professional wrestling, we have all the options on earth, you know, and they're all doing stuff together. So, yeah, they're. I can hold in hands and sing in Kumbaya. It's bloody brilliant. Yeah. Uh, we had a new story of Rampage going live, but that's already happened. So we'll probably talk about that when we get to Rampage. There's probably not much to, to go on there. Is that an ongoing thing, though, with Rampage, or was it just this week? Uh, no, it is not ongoing. Um, it's right. actually something that I was going to mention later. Um, well, we can talk about it when we get to Rampage. Yeah, yeah. That's Let's okay. do that. Um, and Judas has gone, I just thought this was a little tidbit that was on Dynamite this week anyway, but is probably wrestling news adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> Judas has gone gold uh, which in the US, which means it sold half a million copies, which in 1977 would have meant it was a moderate success. But in 2022, to sell 500,000 copies of any piece of music yeah. is huge, especially if you're a thrash metal band. Like fronted by a wrestler, <laughs> but are they? Do, do you know if they are um, counting um, uh, purchases from Apple Music or are these yeah. are these physical physical products? I think digital sales, right? So if you buy the song on iTunes or, well, I don't know where else you can buy something. You you can't. Where else can you buy something? Bandcamp. SoundCloud. Anyway, whatever. Digital sales are taken into account as well. Right. So, you know, it's not 500,000 vinyl copies of Judas. But um, I was actually thinking when that was... Yeah. yeah, They announced it on Dynamite and they big up uh, Jericho because it's just, you know, it's more star power, right? Like he's a rock star, he's a wrestling star. There isn't anything he can't do. But... um. You know, I, I did think like, well, it does show the power of like getting songs 
on TV. You know what I mean? Like if you get songs in front of people, they'll buy them and get into the band. Yeah. Uh, it's just a shame that it's a pro wrestler's band that's <laughs> getting all the limelight. Judas is a good song though. So. Look, it's it's a it's a fun, catchy tune that's got lots of hooks and people people like to sing along. So yeah, it's it's not it is a, a great it's not, song. It's not about wrestling. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But it is funny that it's a pro wrestler's side project that's selling you know what I mean? There would yeah. be a lot of other bands that would be like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like signed bands that would be like, man, we're touring 52 weeks a year. We can't sell anything. And this pro wrestler sells half a million copies because he's on TV everywhere. Anyway. Mm. Um, <clears throat> now, we both bought Windy City Riot. Uh, I have only watched the first match because there was so much wrestling to watch this weekend. It was a long weekend, COVID scares, close contacts, trying to catch up with family and friends. Plus, I had uni workers. So what I'm trying to say, Paul, is I haven't got a chance to watch all of it yet. So well, you're, I down. you're my man on the ground. <laughs> so do you want to take us through your highlights? Of- I, I, I will. Now, look, I, I tried to take notes um, in a manner that would be pretty much spoiler-free. Uh, so, okay. uh, I just described, you know, the things that I liked without really going to results. Um, uh, so we'll start off by saying that, yeah, the, the production, uh, stank, uh, <laughs> was pretty mm. disappointing. Uh, there were actually apologies sent out, um, immediately after, or it might, might've been during the broadcast because people were watching live mm. and they just couldn't watch for minutes at a time. Uh, on replay, it was better. Um, but I, I, I still, I'm still very disappointed. There were, there were, seg- there were moments when the picture just went completely black or there were like really bad artifacts in the video. Um, the audio would drop out completely. Uh, the audio levels for each of the commentators was way off. So one was loud, one was quiet. Yeah. That's just, what I was getting. Yeah. Heaps of stuff like this. And, um, there was a street fight, uh, at one point and, uh, they, you know, of, as you do go out into the crowd and most of the shots were from like 50 meters away with a big zoom because they just went, they didn't plan it very well. So mm. that was disappointing. But um, when you, when you consider the sheer volume of content that they put together, three, almost three and a half hours worth of, of a broadcast with uh, so many matches, um, I, I didn't actually comment on each of them, but I have wrote written down notes for one, two, three, four, and I think there's probably at least two more. Um, and um, and that the, the I think the uh, the main event went for twenty five, possibly thirty minutes. So um, you know, lots of lots of really good, high quality wrestling, and hmm. it featured like huge stars. Um, so you know, you sort of try to weigh weigh, weigh all that up. Uh, and uh, you know, con- consider the, uh, the 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 merits. Um, during during the uh, there was a there was a tag match. Um, I can't remember. Oh yes, it was. It was um, the Bullet Club versus a, uh, a, a, a stable from um, a, a pair that they call themselves the Aussie Open. I didn't even know mm. that they existed until this. <laughs> so they were in uh, NXT for a little bit. Um, oh, right for for a cup of coffee, and then they've been around. But uh, I think they've done a little bit of stuff on Impact. I think NWA. So they're doing that 
indie circuit, you know. Yeah, nice. Um, oh, well, you mentioned Impact. Uh, so Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson were there as part of Bullet Club. Uh, TJP, so um, he was previously what TJ Parker or TJ something else, I can't remember, in um, 205 Live. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of their main guy, like, um, for a while there. They sort of, like, pinned the belt on him and um, – but yeah, he's been in Impact for the last year and a half. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I haven't seen him for ages, and uh, so it was a big surprise to me to see all the tats across his chest. That was pretty cool. Um, there was a familiar face there uh, in the in the team uh, with uh, Aussie Open and TJP, Fred Rosser, and I had to look him up because I was like, I know that face, hmm. uh, <laughs> and um, he was he was previously in uh, WWE and. Uh, now I'm done doing <laughs> primetime players. He was in the primetime players with um, uh, that guy. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> that yes, fell under the ring. Millions of dollars. Yes, millions Darren Young. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. So that was cool to see him because I did. Uh, I really liked watching him back in the day. And. Um, uh, Hikaleo was one of the members of uh, uh, Bullet Club. They have a quite a large stable. They just pick from X number that they need at the time. If it if it happens to be a um, a tag match or a trios or a four man match or whatever, they just uh, you know pick pick their uh, their their choice of uh, whichever number they need for the time. Hikaleo was that man, and he is an awesome looking, fear inducing specimen of a man. Mm. He's six foot six foot nine, and um, it doesn't have any sort of sense of gigantism about him. He's just a big dude. <laughs> no, he's just yeah, a big, uh, big islander dude. Um, he he's been on Impact for a while as well. Oh right. So awesome. a lot of the a lot of the guys that were on this card um, have been doing have been flipping between Impact and New Japan Strong, which mm-hmm. is the US brand of New Japan. Um, and there was another guy in there that I haven't seen for, God, 25, 30 years, Scott Norton. Yeah, Scott Norton. He's 60 years old. <laughs> Part of the Bullet Club as well, which is a real throwback. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, look, it was super fun. Uh, they had some yeah really cool spots. Uh, they every Everyone um, knew their role. They obviously had rehearsed really well. There was some just really, really fun wrestling in this one. Um, the street fight was, as you'd expect, pretty damn brutal. Uh, mm. This featured um, my man Brody King with um, uh, Finlay and Juice Robinson, David Finlay and Juice Robinson. Um, with uh, and he was in. Uh, he, he, they were they were up against Jonah, uh, previously known as Jonah Rock. You and I have seen him perform live. Yeah, um, former US. Champ or North American NXT North American champion? Yeah, uh, brutal, brutal, brutal action. Uh, really impressive stuff. Um, there was a guy called Shoto Shoto Omano I've never seen before, um, and he was outstanding against Jay White. Now Jay White is Jay White, so if you can put mm. a match and really live up to his level, then, you know, shows how goddamn good he is. And uh, I think it was the. Um, Second to main event was uh, Tomohara Ishii versus. Uh, mm, I'm doing that thing again. Um, Suzuki. Suzuki's first name is. 
<laughs> uh, Tama Hashi? No. Suzuki? Okay. Anyway, I'm going to just say Ishii <laughs> and Suzuki. It'll come back to me. Yeah. Anyway. You guys uh, all know who we're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, firstly, when I knew this was about to happen, I was just thinking, on a stacked card, you want to see those, you know, one of those guys against who else? Who else could you think of? It's the other one. Like, you want to see yeah. those, two, those two dudes collide. And uh, it was great to see that um, Suzuki still had um, bruising on his chest from the Samoa Joe match a few few nights earlier. Oh, man. <laughs> What a match! Um, and yeah, the, the 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 main event was Mox and and uh, and Will Osprey, and it was great. Yeah, so, yeah, you and you will enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's two of my favorite, two of my favorite dudes. I mean, that's probably an overstatement with Mox. Like, I love Mox, but he's not. I think I'd be lying if I was to say that Mox was one of my guys. He was always my favorite dude in the Shield, but um. I feel well, like I'd be. I think it'd be stolen valor for me to be like, "Oh, I'm such a John Moxley fan," <laughs> but I funny. do love Will Ospreay. So it's um, funny you'd say yeah. that about Mox because I I've thought that the same thing um, in when we were having other conversations about some of our favourites and we bring up his name and uh, yeah, I think similarly like, oh yeah, look, he's great, but I wouldn't necessarily say that you know he's the one that I really want to watch on a on a, on a card. But this match really did elevate my opinion of him, I think. It really did. Yeah. I mean, having said that, every time he walks the ring, you're like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, it's Mox. And AEW would be a lot weaker promotion without him. Um, so it's not like not there's no bad word about John Moxley, just my personal preference. You know, I'm more of a Brian Danielson guy than a John Moxley guy. But that's, you know, it's it's inches deciding that decision like it's not you know because because john moxley is shit it's just you know i'm a brian danielson guy um so we've decided we're going to try a, a new format when discussing the shows rather than because our, our big problem is we always go through every match and a lot of the time we don't have stuff to talk about with every match so for your sake and for ours <laughs> we're going to have uh, three things about each show that we want to talk about. So best part, worst part, and um, what did we end up saying? Best part, worst part, and wait and see. Uh, wait and see. Uh, and uh, uh, let me just uh, jump in there real quick to save myself. Minoru Suzuki, and he uh, was wrestling Tomohiro Ishii. Okay. Oh, man, don't do corrections while we're going. It <laughs> ruins a segment for next week. Um all right, so we'll jump back in time to Dynamite because Windy City Bright was two days after this, if that makes sense. Anyway, you guys all know what I'm talking about. Um, do you want me to go first with the best part or do you want to go first? You go first, Paul. You can do the first inaugural best part. Okay, well, look, uh, I just m mentioned um, Tomohiro uh, Ishii and Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, and uh, uh, this th they, th this particular um, broadcast had a, a match that I thought uh, was equal, and for the same reasons. So Samoa Joe and and Suzuki, and my God, they belt the ever living shit out uh, of each other. <laughs> yeah have um, have you ever seen harder chops than that on TV? Uh, no. Yeah, it was insane. 
it was the same when you got when you saw both of them get in the ring you're like they had that energy of like oh you guys don't even know you don't even like joe in particular had that energy of like oh man you guys don't even know what's in store for you when we start this match (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of high flying flippy stuff that i love and there's a lot of um uh um, ring psychology that I love, and uh, but this was just two men slapping each other over and over and over and over again, and it was brilliant. <laughs> not, I would not have thought that this is the kind of thing that I love to watch, but wow, very yeah, absolutely is because there's a realism to it, and it's easier to suspend your disbelief, right? So you get sucked straight into the match and. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's that's so, definitely that's definitely one of the reasons um, for sure. Yeah, Joe's such a big gain for AEW and Ring of Honor. Like it's, yeah, him and William Regal just add this huge amount of like experience and class to to AEW that um, it is you can't buy that. Absolutely. You know? Uh, I want to sneak in. You can, Tony did, but you know (laughs) what I mean. (laughs) I want to sneak in another one here um, and uh, try to do mention it just real quick. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this because this is um, uh, I I liked it for very different reasons, and it was um, the CM Punk Penta Scorer match that opened the 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 broadcast. And uh, just like you, Punk, I hate the guy. (laughs) Just like you were saying, um, uh, where it it they they they, um, there's no there's no shield preventing you from um, from believing exactly what's going on with the mm. with the um, the Suzuki Joe slap fest. That's like just two big big dudes, and then you you can't you can't pull a move like that, right? But you can compare that to Penta and Punk, and that was pro wrestling. None of none of those moves that they hit on each other had any danger of hurting the other one. They knew exactly what they were doing at exactly the right time. They were selling their facial expressions. It was fun. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this Dynamite had far more good than bad. Um, for me, it was the Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland match. Um, Swerve did a moonsault off Keith Lee. That's just one thing that happened in that match. Uh, this was in New Orleans. It was Ricky Stark's homecoming um, for AEW. And uh, like just seeing him get a little bit emotional when he came out to the ring was, was awesome because you don't get that a lot from Ricky. He's very good. He stays in character. Um, but, you know, I've been he's my boy. I've been watching him since the NWA Power days. So that was really nice. But this match especially, you know, it's interesting when people come across to AEW, a lot of the time there's um, – like if things don't get booked perfectly, like Brian Danielson, there's this sort of backlash that happens, and I feel like that's happened with Swerve and Keith Lee in particular, um, and uh, or even just people being like, oh, I don't know, is Keith Lee still got it? You know, like is he still this match a hundred percent? You know, really repaid it the faith that uh, Tony Khan has in both of those guys, but I actually thought it was Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs who were the stars of this this match like the, the um you know there was a slight part of me that was like oh well, this is kind of like aw versus wwe right like this mm-hmm. is a dream you know a year and a half ago this would have been a dream nxt versus aw match and we're getting it on dynamite <laughs> you know a year and a half later but um 
And also just seeing like four dudes of color in the second to last match on Dynamite when, you know, maybe a year ago we, you didn't have that many black guys in, in, in the roster as well was a really cool thing. So um, that's my best part of Dynamite for all of those reasons. And the bad guys got the win. I did not expect that. to. I, there was a part of me that was like, they're going to give Starks the win because it's in New Orleans. Um, but then I was like, nah, they, they'll push the baby faces. But they didn't. They double swerved me. Tony double swerved me, man. <laughs> did you um, did you watch the uh, post show segment where they had um, Ricky come out uh, and uh, who else was there? Um, uh, Dan Housen like uh, was in the ring. And, <laughs> no. Um, uh, oh, anyway, okay. I won't uh, try to remember it terribly. It was funny. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Look it up on YouTube. <laughs> okay, I will. Uh, we'll. I'll try and remember to put it in the show notes so we can all watch it together. Um, what was your worst part? I think we've got the same. Yeah, it's pretty here, pretty, but... pretty hard to hide that one. Uh, there was there was there was no. There was no um, um, chemistry between the, uh, nah. Marina Shafir and Sky Blue. They they were falling over each other. Um, they just the timing was terrible. Yeah, they just they yeah they should have practiced that for a, a long time before they got in there and had a go. It was, yeah. it was terrible. I d- well, I, I I agree with all of that. I think it's a lot of responsibility to put on a twenty year old girl. Um. In Sky Blue, like I know that she has a, a technical proficiency and stuff, but if you're bringing in, you're making a big deal of Marina Chauffeur, what you know, put her in the ring with, fuck, I don't know, Serena Deeb, yeah, or you know, someone, anyone, like anyone other than Sky Blue. <laughs> it's like the you know, it's like the work experience chick is doing, you know, taking training, like I, you know. And it, it doesn't do anything for Sky Blue. It doesn't do anything for Marina Shafir. It's another it's another thing that people can point to to say that AEW doesn't book women well. Um, yeah, all of this was a bit of a disaster, I think. The uh, less said about it, the, the better. Yeah, well, there isn't really much else you can... Uh, I think this will be the interesting part of, of each show is the wait and see because it's kind of up for interpretation as to why we're waiting and seeing. So I'm interested to see what yours is with Dynamite. You sure. Got- yeah. Um, well, look, I, I thought that the, um, the, the Wardlow program is, is, is pleasantly bubbling on along really well. Um, they, they could have moved into different angles and, and done different things a few weeks ago, but they didn't. And it's still working. It's still going well. And they, they put a lot of effort into it. I, I really liked how uh, the in the segment that was where we saw film of the um, uh, security guards having been laid out in the back, one of them had their shirt off. So you're thinking, well, what's why? Why does he have his shirt off? And then it's obvious, you know. All right, good, good work. You're actually planning this segment well, <laughs> you know, because because Wardlow had the shirt on to get into the into the stadium and and to. Oh. Um, no i was just nodding along because i'm a polite person and then you're like ah oh, right okay. yeah because he's got the security t-shirt <laughs> yeah, on. that makes yeah that makes complete sense so God, I, don't even, I genuinely don't we need someone on youtube to do those like the 104 easter eggs in no. last night's aw dynamite i just don't you know every now and then i'll listen to the what culture boys 
you know, do their breakdown of AEW and, and because they do it professionally, you know, they just have more knowledge than we do. And there'll be stuff that I'm like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, of course, Citric. Yeah, we all knew that. Like, <laughs> but I, I didn't pick up on that at all. Anyway, I interrupt. Uh, keep going. Oh, well, and the fact that um, they're, they're, they ran with the, um, the, the DQ, and, and this is one of the reasons why I started watching this promotion at the beginning. They, they weren't going to do DQs. They were going to do matches and not all they have these, um, like, you know, boring non-finishes like we'd seen before in the past over and over again that are completely unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, yet we have the first DQ was uh, Punk uh, came in and uh, did the go to sleep against Sean Dean. And so he lost, uh, so uh, uh, Max lost that match. And now he got counted out because Wardlow scared him out of the ring. So, great. Yeah, it's great. And I'm loving all those little new, like that little story that's running along as well with Sean Dean. And it's great. Um, my wait and see is the Jericho Appreciation Society. And this might sound negative initially, but it's not. I'm just, I'm just interested to see if Jericho can do this again with an even more ragtag group of wrestlers. <laughs> like I was looking at them, you know, this week and I was like, God, this is even like these guys, like how all over the place this, and they've tried to be fair to them. Like, you know, fucking <laughs> um, Garcia's got his backwards Kangol cap and like they, they actually legitimately look like a, a 1997 WCW faction, like the way they're all dressed and everything. <laughs> That's Probably quite intentional. And it's got Chris Jericho in it yeah. as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, um, like, I'm enjoying it. I'm not blown away, but I am blown away by, it, like, how creative Chris Jericho is. But I I assume the I assume the end goal is to get Daniel Garcia over and, and probably to a lesser extent 2.0. Um, so I'd just be interested to see if that happens, you know, and, like, how it how it happens and when when they pull the trigger on a Jericho Garcia feud and but uh Jericho versus Eddie is is pretty great, you know. So I'm really enjoying that, but I'm sort of more wait and see on the dynamics of the actual faction itself. I'm interested to see what happens there. Yeah, I thought that um Garcia and two point were getting pretty solidly well booked, well pushed before this happened. So it was interesting they chose to yeah, they were, but were they getting over? You know, like I don't know if it, I don't know if anyone was really, you know, tuning into Dynamite to see Garcia and Two Point and they actually kind of make more sense being mates now with Jericho in the picture than they did beforehand, because Two Point were like this sort of yappy, almost comedy tag team. Mm. And Daniel Garcia is like this super serious mat wrestler, like Brian Danielson kind of guy. So I was like, why are these guys even friends? These guys look like they're 35 and he's 19 and <laughs> like none of it, like what what needs to happen is a 52-year-old man needs to come in and, <laughs> and all of this will make sense. Um, I noticed you put here on the, the notes that we can't leave Dynamite without talking about uh, Mox versus Yuda, which uh, everybody on earth loved except for you. <laughs> yes, it seems so. Now, uh, look, I, 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 I've decided that this is probably the best way to put it. I thought if you consider this from the 
perspective of uh, the um, a, a, a production company or whoever else putting together a piece of film or movie, whatever. I thought it was um, I thought it was extremely well cast. I thought the production was brilliant. Uh, I thought the story was ex- excellently well written. It was it was it was uh, very interesting and had uh, you know really good things to look forward to to uh, uh, to, to the the arcs of the story. The direction a little sloppy, and the acting was terrible. Whoa! What do you mean <laughs> the acting was terrible? Who's acting? Well, come on. This is this is the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. This is the purveyor of unscripted violence uh-huh. with um, uh, who's teamed up with the perfect pro wrestler. These these guys beat their their opponents and and intend to bloody them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were so many segments during this match where I just could tell that. It, it, the moves were lackluster. They were like um, trying to trying to pull their pull their you know either pull your punch basically over and over again. So you wanted to see John Moxley kill Wheeler Yuta yes. rather than just hurt him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. John Moxley's not going hard enough. Well, in this match, <laughs> in this particular match, like yeah, um, okay, I can know. actually, I can, I can roll with that a little bit. I mean, I, I loved it, and I'm not, I was not on board with Wheeler Unit. Like this, this match did exactly what it was meant to do with me. You know, like I knew they were doing it. I knew what it was. Yeah, I was you like, know yeah, what the outcome would be. You're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. <laughs> and then by the end of the match, I was like, Wheeler Yuta's my new favorite wrestler. Am I going to buy that Blackpool Combat Club jacket for 120 bucks? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 there was yeah, one obvious bit, which was the blade work. Um, that was sloppy. That looked really bad. Yeah. are we? It, I feel like that's maybe a little oversaturated at the moment. Um, in AEW, it doesn't. It's losing its meaning a little bit with how much it's being used. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with that. I don't think they they need to pull it out so often. I don't have anything against it. Like you know, I like my wrestling. You know, I'm a '90s kid, man. I, I like ECW, and I like you know what I mean. I like hardcore wrestling. I don't have any problem with that, especially when Mox is involved. Um, but I just think you know, it's happening a lot. Like we're seeing sure a is. lot of it on AEW at the sure moment, is. and it just doesn't, you know. And um, like but- whenever when people disappear for three minutes, <laughs> mm. you know, like if you got to do it that often, it needs to be done better. Well, I'll, I'll um uh, I'll try try my best not to spoil anything from uh, Windy City Riot, but there was one little bit just since we're talking about it, um, where it showed to me uh, that the um, the plan of the night hadn't really been communicated to enough people, specifically the cameraman and who else was like who was who who was choosing which shot was going to be active at the time because mm. the director. Mm. Um, because there was one segment in the Osprey Mox match where Osprey hit Mox with a chair, and it was a pretty forceful blow. He falls over. Um, now, normally in a segment like that. Uh, 
they were outside of the ring. Uh, normally in a segment like that in AEW, you would probably see a quick crowd shot with someone and go, ah, oh, or, <laughs> or, or you'd see, um, uh, I don't know, um, Osprey falling over after he threw the chair or something like that. Uh, whereas the camera, the, the camera, the cameraman went straight to Mox who, um, pulls out a, uh, a little, you could just, he reached to his wristband, pulls it out, had a bit of a kick, cut, 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 and put it back again. Like it was very poorly planned. Jesus <laughs> Christ. What's going on? I mean, that was filmed in LA. How can you not? Chicago. Oh, of course it was in Chicago. Windy City, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Mm. And I, um, I, I did a, I, I was, I thought maybe someone had, um, had recorded it and published it on, on that little segment on YouTube. So I did, I did a quick search later in the evening, and it wasn't that one. It was some other time that he'd done some, done the same thing, but in AEW, um, I can't remember. I think it was against uh, uh, Archer, Lance Archer. Um, so a similar thing. Just you know, they had a bit of a. Uh, a weapon was thrown and he falls to the ground and he thinks, okay, great opportunity. He goes to the wristbands, whoosh, 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 puts it back. I'm like, oh, you're not supposed to see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and God, you're going to, your boys are all going to look so ugly when you're older, you know? Mm. <laughs> you got to, you got to make sure it's under the hairline. That's right. Yeah. I think Mox is pretty good at it. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, yeah, probably. Uh, let's move on to Rampage. The best parts for Rampage? Oh, it's a no-brainer no for me. That um, uh, Texas death match uh, mm. just, like, it wasn't match of the year or anything like that, but the two of them going hard at it. Um, you know, there weren't, there weren't any any crazy spots where you, just, where you thought, that, you know, there was going to be significant injury, but they, they really put themselves on the line. Great. Yeah, it was great. Um we surprised that Hangman retains? Well, I wasn't, but um, <laughs> I would have been surprised if uh, – hang on. Have we, have we got the timing wrong here? Um, mm, 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 yes, we do. So um, we didn't mention – am I looking – hang on, check it. No. When was it? When did it happen? When did uh, when did um, uh, yeah? It was the main event on Rampage because Rampage was live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, um, the Jurassic Express, even though they're not not called that anymore, Luchasaurus and um, Jungle Boy hmm. against Red Dragon. That was in Dynamite, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, we okay. So we just skipped over it. Right. Okay. Good. So the timing was right. So what I'm trying to say here is that I thought that Red Dragon were going to win that, and I thought that Adam Cole would win the title match. But as soon as they, as soon as Red Dragon didn't win, and Jurassic Express, uh, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy retained, hmm. I flipped and I thought, okay, great. Well, that's what they're doing. Then they're not going to split them both. Yeah. The, the story would have been give it to what are they calling themselves now? The Undisputed Elite. Yeah, you know all the those the tags and the the main one, but as soon as they yeah kept it on um, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, yeah, no surprise. Yeah, it'll be uh, I'd be interested to see if they keep going with this feud or whether they get Hangman into a into another feud. Um, I think we could probably have Hangman in another feud for a little bit. 
I would like to see that. I think this has dragged on too long. Yeah, I, I think they tend to do threes. So, um, yeah, MJF, Sam Punk. I mean, there's a lot of different options, but um, my best part of Rampage was seeing Ruby Riot back on TV. And also her match against Robin Renegade was... Excuse me, Ruby Soho. What did I say? Ruby Riot. <laughs> Ruby Riot. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why do I always do that? Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho is a much cooler name anyway. Um, it's just from years and years and years of talking about these people at the <laughs> opposition. It's just a muscle memory. Uh, Ruby Soho and uh, Robin Rampage had, had a fantastic match. I really like Robin that. Renegade. Renegade. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, okay, let me try one more time. Ruby Soho versus Robin Renegade was a match that I enjoyed. <clears throat> I should have just said, yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> the title match. Uh, I wanted to do something different. Um, I would like to see uh, Ruby Soho on TV more. I, she's been on Dark for the last three or four weeks. I know she's been sort of doing stuff with Renegade a little bit, but um, well, look, yeah, it, she's it, a top talent. Get her it, on TV. It like, shows through. Yeah, if she has, if they have been working together for a while, because that was one of the best debuts I've seen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if she's been, if Renegade has been in any other promotion before. But I um, seen her before. No. Uh, so if that's the first time she's been on a, on you know, a primetime TV, then. Wow! Congratulations. She it. That was and brilliant. It's also, <clears throat> it's also a, a sign of like, just book pro wrestlers, man. I, I don't think we really need to see people from other walks of life, you know, whether they've got a big Instagram following or not. Like, it's not going to do anything <laughs> for the actual product itself, you know. Anyway, speaking of which, um, the the feud that began with um, Brandy and now has sort of dribbled over to uh, Ty Conti uh, versus um, Paige Mazan. Um It's Norfest, but anyway, um, where where's Paige Mazan been? She signed up. She said that she got she got the, the 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 square, the black square, to say she's all elite, and then she's never been on TV again. Well, let's we'll talk about that on Battle of the Belts, my friend, because I think we've both got a couple of things. If the notes are anything to go by. We've got some things to say about uh, Fair the, enough. that semi-match. Uh, I didn't have a worse part of Rampage. I thought Rampage was really solid, um, and it looks like you don't have one either, so we can probably just move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait and see for Rampage. You are talking about the time slot here. Yeah, look, um, they, they they sold the, the benefits of moving from TNT to TBS back way back when um, such that they wouldn't be affected by basketball finals or whatever else other live sport would be on um, for uh, for TNT so that I get because so, so so dynamites your 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 main your main show the a show hmm. so that doesn't get shifted around all the time because it's you know it's not going to be on the same time in your home net, your home market, then how do you expect people to um, be um, uh, loyal? Mm. Um, that I get because it seems to have worked out well. They seem to be they they don't really announce pro- scheduling changes uh, for that. 
Um, but I thought because they moved to no, hang on, sorry, but I thought that so TNT is where Rampage is, right? So therefore, it was still um, susceptible to uh, programming changes, and clearly yeah. it is because it happened this week. Um, yeah, and so sometimes they do it live, sometimes they record it in the same time as Dynamite, sometimes it's six o'clock, sometimes it's eleven o'clock. Like I just don't get what they expect to achieve out of that. Uh, like if mm. you're gonna, if, especially if you're going to put big time matches on there, like they have in the last couple of weeks, and not just let it um, fade away as a as a, an afterthought, then what's the plan? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think Rampage needs to be live. Um, I know a lot of people disagree with me on that, but I, I just just think it should be i think it should be its own thing <clears throat> you could have it in smaller auditoriums but i know probably from a cost perspective to film rampage and dynamite in a big auditorium and make them both look big is probably what tony's going for so i get that um but yeah i, I think unfortunately they're you know basketball baseball uh, gridiron football american football is always going to win out over wrestling it just happens that that's the thing that we love, but that's where they make their money. That's where free to wear <clears throat> free to wear TV make their money from from sport. So, um, but yeah, if you were Tony, you would start. You'd be asking like, "Hey, can we move Dynamite to TBS as well, or to somewhere where we're not going to have to move our product around all the time?" But I, I've already been on the record saying I just think it's a bad time slot full stop. I mean, what time? Is it 10 p.m. Friday nights? Well, it depends on the um, on the time zone because it's such a – But Eastern, yeah, Eastern time it's 10 p.m., isn't it? I think so, yeah. It's just like, who's watching that? I wouldn't. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I would, but I wouldn't. Like 10 p.m., you start like – you're either out if you're younger. It's 10 p.m. on a Friday night. You're either out. Or if you're old like us, you get in the bed. Yeah, so I, I guess they're relying on people using DVR or or uh, replay services. Um, and uh, you said something a minute ago that uh, you're, you're referring to uh, TBS as a as free to wear and the fact that the sports are more important. I don't quite think that's well. The not case. free, no, not free to wear. But I just meant cable, yeah? I, I meant celestial TV, like not. Not straight, like it's not a streaming service, right? Right, right, you know, right. like a yeah. um, a revenue, like an ad revenue channel, you know, like basic cable channel. Yeah. Um, because you know, things are obviously different over there than they are here, but yeah, yeah, yeah just in course. the sense of like you know, a TV station that has to rely on ad revenue, um, to like succeed, yeah, and they would be, yeah, for sure. They're, they're always going to choose live sport, you know, over. Pro wrestling, yeah. Even though you know, pro, we all know that pro wrestling is a sport. And um, um, so, if if the viewers have to do, have to put any extra work in, as in they have to you know use the the replay service or you know DVR it, they might just miss it that week. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I would just I wouldn't even worry about WWE anymore. I just put it wherever. You know, I, I think it's very apparent that there are two completely different camps and. You know, there's Saturdays and Sundays as well, guys. Like that's the, they're the major days for watching TV. So, um, you know, or early on a Friday night, like while people are getting ready and having dinner, it's like six p.m. seems 
better to me, you know. Anyway, uh, my wait and see is Butcher as a solo guy. Uh, I think I think I'd like to see more of this. I love Butcher and the Blade, but Butcher's such a big, angry, scary-looking guy. I think we could uh, AW we. I think AW could use him as a roadblock monster a bit more. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's all I got, really. I'd like to see more of uh, Butcher as a, as a solo dude. Uh, we move on to Battle of the Belts, which is probably the more controversial AEW product of the week. Uh, we'll start with the best part and then move on to the more controversial bits. Um, what was your best part of Battle of the Belts 2, well, okay, Kings I'm, of Mykonos? Just <laughs> because I'd... Um... Because I put in the effort to uh, uh, watch three plus hours of um, New Japan programming yesterday, and was pretty disappointed with the um, the sort of the production quality and how everything sort of fit together. Um, I just thought, looking back at my experience of watching this show, I just thought it was it was just really slick. It was a really nice little good mm. hour. Everything fit together. Everything worked. You know, maybe some of the booking decisions weren't great but the show itself was just like oh yeah that was really good really, really refreshing <laughs> yeah i was just wondering like you know do they do these occasional saturday things to test the water with ratings as far as moving rampage to a saturday night saturday night rampage or something like that just i thought. don't even know if it was on tv this one I th- maybe it was just a um a streaming thing fight thing i don't know i don't i don't know if it was uh, i think it, i think it was on tbs oh, yeah. i think cool. uh, uh well my, my thought on that it was that um uh that they, they only have uh, i'm going to say four pay-per-views a year so we've got uh, all out revolution mm-hmm. double or nothing yep and, and full the, gear full gear exactly right so that's that's, that leaves a lot of space between each of those big key events. So I much prefer it like this. I like these one-off event sort of things. It's cool. It's like, oh, yeah, shit, Battle of the Belts. And it only goes for an hour. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's a throwback to the old, uh, you know, Clash of Champions, WCW Clash of Champions. Yeah, to me it makes the, the, um, the main four more prestigious. Yeah, more special. More special, man. Absolutely. Uh, my best part of uh, Battle of the Belts 2, Kings of Mykonos, uh, was Dalton Castle debuting. And everybody who hadn't seen him do his stuff on Ring of Honor, uh, seeing it on national television. Um, <clears throat> he is a ridiculously talented guy. He's kind of part of that little uh, gang who don't classify themselves as a gang as <clears throat> um, Danhausen, Warhorse, Dalton Castle, RJ City. Um, uh, 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 Orange Cassidy, there's a few others as well that all sort of came up together and are all doing very interesting and different things. Um, I think we've got to get Tony Khan to buy Radio Gaga by Queen for Dalton Castle. Oh, was, so that, that, was that his theme? Well, it's kind of a Muzaki version. Like, you know, it was like enough like Queen okay. to not, like for people to be like, oh, that's Queen, I think, kind of, but not. Um, yeah, so we don't get Roger Taylor suing AEW. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Um, worst part, 
should we just lay into Sammy Guevara? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you want me to go first? I'll just quickly say my piece and then I think you can elaborate on it. I Do don't it, understand yeah, what go, Sammy Guevara... I think this is bad booking. I think this is bad booking on two parts. One, <clears throat> it makes Scorpio Sky's run look pointless. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it look like he... It makes Scorpio look weak. I don't think it particularly makes Sammy look good to win the belt. It's like a Charlotte Fair, Flair <laughs> belt win, you know, where it's like, well, she had it three weeks ago and now she's got it again, and so we can call Charlotte a, a 21-time women's champion. Um, so I, I don't like that. It's obvious that the AEW crowd are not into Sammy and Tay at all. This is Miz heat, X-Pac heat, whichever wrestler you want to. It's go away heat. Mm. And I, <clears throat> I felt like this was very WWE booking in the sense of like, well, fuck you. You know, you don't like Sammy and Tay. Well, we're going to fucking book them as champions and then turn them heel. Um, I, I just thought all of this was bad. I th- it made Tony look bad. It made Sammy and Tay look bad. It made Scorpio look bad. The only good thing that came out of it was their off-air promo that Scorpio and um, Ethan Page did later on <clears throat> that was released on Twitter. But, um, yeah, I was genuinely just really disappointed. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's a lot of things that uh, came to my mind. Firstly, um, well, it's pretty clear the way that he won with the uh, the nut shot that they're turning him heel. Yeah. Okay. So they're turning him heel because the crowd doesn't like him. All right. So you 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 realize what you should have done with Cody, and now you're going to try it this time to see if you can do do it properly. Because Cody was not liked. <laughs> so. No. No. But it looks like yeah. You know, I mean, we were right about that. Um, um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I heard Alvarez talking about this the other day, right? It's the first time in maybe four years I've disagreed with Brian on something where, and, and he, it was a bad faith argument as well, where he was like, well, people don't like Sammy because he got a new girlfriend. It's like, no, Brian, it's not because he got a new girlfriend. Mm. It's because he got a new girlfriend while he already had a girlfriend and it wasn't a girlfriend. It was a fiance. And then they've gone around trying to build an Instagram and Twitter following and TikTok following on the back of that and then have brought it into our lounge rooms. You know, if Sammy had gone off and got another girlfriend, as you put it, Brian, in just his life, then no one would give a shit. But it's forced into our lounge rooms every week. So, of course, people are going to make judgments on it. And also someone needs to pull the kid aside and be like, dude, this does not look good. The optics of this is really bad. Not not like heel bad, like, haha, mm, isn't mm. it funny? People, you know, want to hate me. People are legitimately, it's not even hatred. It's just like, oh, go away. Shoe fly. Yeah. Um, uh, it's being rubbed in our faces. And yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't like having that rubbed in my face. No, no one does. Getting, That's yeah. And it's not just the two of us. It's very obviously the vast majority of the AEW audience. If the reaction in the crowd and Twitter is anything to go by. And for the boys in, in FW4 the other day to be like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. It's like, don't. 
if you're not going to talk about things properly because you're mates with these people or whatever, then just don't talk about it. But don't treat us as fools, you know. Like we're not just we're not just cracking it for no reason. You know, there has been a long story going on here of Sammy doing spontaneous things and sometimes it's really beautiful, like when he came down and gave Fuego his contract and then when he proposed to his first girlfriend, it's all really nice. Couples break up and people get together with other people. People cheat on each other. That happens. But don't use it to sell watches on Instagram. That's what people don't like about it. You know what I mean? Like, don't use other people's misery to become an influencer on social media, you know, and then complain about it or tell us that we're the psychopaths for not liking that. So, is I don't like being gaslit by Brian. Is Scorpio Sky going to be now a baby face? Well, he just has become one. (laughs) By default. (laughs) Yeah, by default, man. Um. Yeah, I think they've completely fucked this. Like this, you know, like Sammy and Tay have been getting in in the way of the story that Tony's trying to tell. But I I actually feel bad for, you know, I mean, one of the comments I heard in that video the other day was that, you know, Scorpio's walking to the sky, uh, walking to the ring with Dan Lambert and Sammy and Tay are still getting booed. So... You know, it's probably time to just break down. Yeah, you know, but now Sammy's the champion, so we've got to continue the feud. You know what I mean? Or I don't know, Alistair um, Malachi Black or Miro comes in and kills him, and everybody gets what they want. Yeah, <laughs> what? Maybe just give them three months off. Just go away. They do. They, they are absolutely oversaturated. Like in in marketing terms, they, they are completely oversaturated. And that's what needed to happen with Cody as well. I mean, obviously, Cody had other plans, but in AEW, he needed to go away and he needed to come back as a heel. So, but it was terrible. It was really, Dan, all, all of it's been terrible. And Dan I feel Lambert? Is Dan Lambert still going to hang around the Scorpio sky if he's going to be babyface? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it would be amazing if Dan Lambert switched sides. <laughs> Uh, wait and see. You've got um, the Ring of Honor belts. Yeah, look, um, I got really excited a couple of weeks ago where we, 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 we said that um, we were both very happy to find out that there's going to be a new Ring of Honor weekly show. Hmm. We expected that we'd hear you know, some, some more info about it after Supercard of Honor. Nothing yet. We, no. We see the belts being defended um, on AEW programming. It's a big week? announcement this week, though. There is a big announcement, but there's a big announcement every fucking week, dude. There wasn't Tony, this week. Tony's his big announcement. I mean, the last time was that he bought Ring of Honor. I mean, that's a pretty big announcement. Well, no, hang on. It wasn't the previous one, Tony Storm. Uh, okay. Well, he didn't actually market that as an announcement. It was just an uh, just a, an unknown opponent. Um, yeah, yeah so no, that good. wasn't a big announcement. The last big announcement was the bought Ring of Honor. That's you got to give it to. That's pretty big. Hmm. Well, everyone reckons that this one's going to be a, um, a a co-branded AEW New Japan event coming up soon. Oh so. man, if it's in Japan, I will genuinely think about going. 
I mean, it won't be. It'll be in the States. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but as soon as that was mentioned to people are going, well, look, there is no match that you, no other match you can possibly think of booking before this one, and that is Danielson versus Okada. Oh, yeah, my God. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a pretty good wrestling match. <laughs> that'd be pretty good. Would that be Seven and a half second stars. or third on the card? <laughs> yeah, fuck. Uh, yeah, Uncle Dave will have an aneurysm. That'll be that'll be. He'll die after that match. He'll be like, my work here is done, and he'll ascend to wrestling heaven. <laughs> Seven and a half stars, <laughs> and he's the same going up to heaven playing his little lute. While Brian's behind him, going, I don't understand why people don't like Sammy Guevara. Like, All right, Brian. All right, Brian. Um, uh, what did I say? Wait and see. Ah, Thunder Rose's championship run. Uh, look, this is probably jumping the gun a little bit, <laughs> but uh, I just was so disappointed with the Nyla Rose. Like, I just was so disappointed with this mini, you know, I mean, it was a mini story and, um, you know, Thunder won, so no harm, no foul, I suppose, but I just want to see her. You know, I want to see her go up against Hikaru Shida or Serena Deeb or Ruby Soho or there are, you know, Chris Statlander. They're turning Chris Statlander heel. Why is she going up against, uh, what's her name, the little Russian power pocket rocket? Legit Layla Hirsch. Legit Layla Hirsch. No one wants to see that. Um, I just hope that whatever the next set of plans are for Thunder that it's um, – just a bit more exciting than, I ho- I you know, so Nyla I Rose. So too. Um, I, I, I didn't feel so passionate about it that I thought it worth bringing up yet. I think, as you say, far too early. But, um, yeah, I do have high hopes because uh, I am a big fan of her work. Yeah, Battle of the Belts was weird. I, I, Yeah, it was a super professional show in AEW at that stage now, but there was a lot of it. Like, I didn't like – the Sammy Scorp match was good, but then the booking at the end of it was – weird and terrible we've already covered that mm. the nyla then there was the ring of honor match which i really enjoyed but then there was a whole bunch of very wwe ish palava gaga at the end of that with the big new indian guy signing and, thing, yeah. um <clears throat> jay lethal and you know there was a i mean that's that might be the most wwe gaga oh. i've seen on an AEW show <laughs> And then it's, it's up there if it's not the one. Yeah, that was just a bit wacky. Wacky. Um, yeah, wacky is a good term for it. And then, yeah, and then that match was just, it just felt like we were going through the motions a bit. You know what I mean? I was like, ah, oh, this is a shame because, uh, yeah, Battle of the Belts is a really good uh, gimmick. And I, I just, I don't know, it just wasn't executed totally, especially when Dynamite and Rampage were great. This week, so you know, uh, just shows that Tony Khan can't um, book four hours of wrestling a week. No? <laughs> uh, we are up to spot of the week. <laughs> I just cracked myself up there. Sorry, uh, we are up to spot of the week, my friend. What was your spot of the week? Well, you mentioned it before um, when uh, Swerve did a moonsault off uh, Keith Lee's chest. Whose house? <laughs> Swerve's house. Yeah, there we go. 
Yes, uh, that off, was off his chest, man. Yeah, off his chest. Have you ever seen that before? Have no. you ever seen anyone do a fucking moonsault off another human being? I have not seen it before, and it's I on could- the top rope as well. By the way, like we're not even we're not even giving this credence. Like it. Anyway, sorry, this is your segment. I'll shut up. <laughs> they looked at each other and shared a couple of words and, and were like, do you, want, do you want to do it now? Should we do it now? And he's like, yeah, let's do it now. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Whoa. <laughs> very, very good. But um, also, uh, since I did watch A Windy City Riot, um, there was a spectacular moment between – Two of our favorite giants, Jonah and Brody King, where Brody King did a cannonball. Yes, that six foot X, whatever Brody King is, did a cannonball into Jonah in the corner immediately after his two teammates did one into Jonah in the corner and then um, grabbed a, uh, a chair and wedged it into Jonah's balls and then threw another chair into that chair. <laughs> Jeez. And then a couple of minutes Christ. later, he hits a Death Valley driver like up on his shoulders, flips them onto a uh, stack of metal chairs. It's just brutal action. Though that two or two, three or four minutes worth of, of, of that uh, street fight uh, weren't probably the most brutal, but just something that you've got to look out for when you, when you uh, check it out. It was just great. Yeah, I will be, as soon as Kelly falls asleep tonight, I'll be putting the old earbuds in and uh, watching as much of that as I can before I do the Abe Simpson and fall asleep <laughs> in my chair. Uh, that's it, man. There's a that's another episode of WrestleWolf in the books. Uh, thank you for joining us, friends. If you think we deserve it, you can uh, give us a follow or a subscribe, depending on what platform you're on. Uh, rate and review all that kind of stuff, follow us on the socials, tell your friends. That's what you guys do the best. And uh, if you can keep doing that, that would be great because, um, you know, we want fame and fortune and all that kind of stuff. We do, I think it would just be nice to be able to, like, be friends with, like, one wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, RJ City liked one of my tweets this week. So we're getting – that's three wrestlers in the – it's Brody King, RJ City, and Red Velvet. In oh, the yeah. WrestleWolf Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, yeah. Want the collection is building. Uh, yes. Mate, I want a Dan Housen or a CM Punk. That's that's what I want. But uh, Speaking of CM Punk, uh, Dustin Rose in a singles match with CM Punk this week. Yeah, looking forward to that. I am really actually really looking forward to that. Dustin hasn't really done a lot for me for a long time, but I, um, I know that you know, both of those guys know how to professionally wrestle, so... Wardlow um, and the Butcher. Who's that? Butcher Wardlow and, Wardlow and the Butcher. Yeah, that's going to be sick. Jungle uh, I, Boy and Kylo Riley. That's that's got sleeper all over it. That could be the match of the night. Andrade and Darby in a coffin match. Yeah, yeah. man. Cool, cool. Sick. We just have to get that on. We just got to get all of that gimmick away from Andrade. Like all the Matt Hardy gimmick. It just needs to be swept away. Just let him wrestle, man. That's what he's good at. He doesn't need to be a suave millionaire. Like, fuck that off. Just, <laughs> just let him. He comes with a mask and a sick market, sick mask and a suit, and then he wrestles like no one else on earth. Just let him do that. That's all he needs to do. 
but anyway, we've all got we've got all of that to look forward to, and God knows how many other shows Tony's going to debut from here until Wednesday. So, uh, <laughs> we'll <laughs> I mean, if we were watching Dark and Elevation, there's you know we would we'd be up to for six or seven hours of AEW content. Yeah, that's so, not going to happen. Um, I did watch half of Elevation today while I was meant to be working. So, anyway, <laughs> I hope no one from work listens to this podcast. Um, until next time, brother dudes, may your wrestling be good wrestling. And his, his name, name is, is Anthony, Anthony Bowens. Bowens.